Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University. And we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature. How to improve our finances, career, health, relationships, and spirituality. And today, we're going to talk about a very important topic. It is called The Three Secrets of Happiness. True joy can be yours. Happiness, a wise master once said, is only happiness if you don't know why it exists. If you know why happiness exists, that means you have reasons for it. You have ifs for happiness. You consider yourself happy if you meet certain conditions, if you experience particular circumstances in life. The dilemma is that there are many ifs to happiness. If I have career or financial success, I will be happy. If I have good health and a loving family, I will be happy. If I achieve my goals, I will be happy. If I am a religious person, I will be happy. Now, here's a problem. When you have reasons, ifs, for your happiness, then you have equally compelling reasons, ifs, for your unhappiness. If the relationship or finances go sour, if the family fights, if your health fades, if you don't achieve your goals, if your religious faith declines, then your reasons for happiness can easily turn into reasons for unhappiness, into frustration, resentment, and sadness. The truth is that real happiness does not depend on external conditions, specific reasons, or favorable circumstances. It does not depend on ifs. Happy people are happy despite their circumstances in life, not because of them. Truly happy people live in conditions both good and bad, experiencing fortune both lucky and unlucky. Yet through it all, they are still happy because happiness is within them. Of course, it's a blessing to be healthy, have wonderful family and friends, make good money, enjoy a rewarding career, own attractive things, give to others, and so on. Those things can give you a satisfying sense of pleasure, success, and excitement. And they can also offer you a certain level of personal growth or temporary contentment. But they cannot by themselves give you happiness. The permanent, long-term, rock-solid, immovable, irreplaceable, and invincible sense of absolute joy that makes life worth living. What is true happiness then? How can we attain it? Fortunately, we now have a solution to the happiness dilemma. The greatest psychologists and philosophers in the world over have secretly made great strides in researching and discovering the dynamics of human happiness. By carefully interviewing and studying the happiest people on earth, these leading social scientists have discovered what are now known as the secrets of happiness. Interestingly enough, these secrets do not involve the things that are usually considered important for attaining happiness. Fame, power, money, love, family, relationships, religion, health, or worldly success are not the determining factors of a happy life. In fact, the three secrets of happiness are not that complicated at all. They consist of three simple psychological traits or attributes that the happiest people in the world possess. If you develop these three psychological traits and practice them on a daily basis, you will be happy no matter what else happens to you, despite any and all circumstances. Not only will you be happier, research shows, but you will also have a stronger immune system, be a better worker, earn more income, have a more satisfying marriage, be more sociable, and cope better with daily difficulties. What then are these three marvelous secrets or traits of happiness? They are gratitude, joyful optimism, and forgiveness. Now, you may already intuitively know the importance and power of these inner traits, but knowing these three secrets is not enough. You must embrace them. You must practice them. You must absorb them into your very being until they become you, until they act for you, automatically bringing you all the wonderful blessings that life has to offer. 
You will not become happy simply by learning about happiness as some abstract concept or idea. To be a happy person, you need to practice happiness as a daily habit. You need to observe and imitate people who are already genuinely happy. Do what happy people do, and you too will be happy. The good news is that you now have an opportunity to learn from one of the greatest masters of happiness. You're about to meet a mentor who will guide you on your journey toward mastering the three secrets of happiness in your personal life. This sage, Master Tanaka, is prepared to teach you the three secrets of happiness. Are you ready to learn? Here is the amazing story of Master Tanaka. There once was a wise and happy sage named Tanaka who lived in a remote wilderness mountain area. With long flowing hair, a hairless face, and features that were neither precisely male nor female, his master teacher was a mysterious figure indeed. For our purposes, we will refer to Tanaka as a man, although that is not certain by any means. Tanaka could have been a man, or she could have been a woman. No one could really tell. Tanaka's age was also a mystery. Some said Tanaka was in the middle years of life. Others said Tanaka was very old, but looked much younger. People also had a hard time figuring out Tanaka's nationality. Some guessed Japanese, others said Native American, and still others said Latin of some sort. But no one really knew the answers to these questions about Tanaka. The only thing that people knew for sure was that this happy-go-lucky sage exuded an extraordinary sense of gentleness, kindness, love, and happiness. Tanaka lived in a modest way. He dressed simply but elegantly in clothes he made with his own hands. He tended to his garden, from which he received most of his daily sustenance. He also performed his martial arts exercises every morning without fail. Tanaka, in fact, was considered a gentle warrior, martial arts master who could kill with a light touch of his hands just as easily as he could heal with those same hands. Some said Tanaka had been a very successful doctor who suffered a nervous breakdown after an especially difficult operation and had given up the practice of medicine to become a hermit. Others said he came from a very wealthy family and had used his inheritance to travel the world, sampling the pleasures and sensualities of the earth, until he grew tired of it all and chose the simple monastic life. Regardless of the theory of how Tanaka became Tanaka, one thing was certain. He was a happy man, always singing, laughing, and playing with animals or children. Tanaka was never seen sad, depressed, angry, irritated, or frustrated in any way. He also didn't seem to crave any type of worldly success or approval any type of material accumulation. He seemed perfectly content with who he was and the way he lived. One day a famed psychiatrist who specialized in treating the most difficult cases of schizophrenia heard about Tanaka from one of his colleagues and decided to investigate for himself. Through a mutual acquaintance, the psychiatrist, we'll call him Harry, arranged to meet Tanaka at his mountain residence to learn about Tanaka's secrets of happiness. Upon arriving at Tanaka's residence in his chauffeur-driven Mercedes, Harry was eager to get to work. Harry had brought his two secretaries and special video recording equipment to make sure that everything they discussed was meticulously recorded. Harry smiled as he thought about how his meeting with Tanaka would provide excellent material for a bonus chapter in his upcoming autobiography, Lessons from the Master Shrink. The chapter would detail some of his theories on delusional behavior and would include his interview with Tanaka, the famous recluse who claimed to know the secrets of happiness. In fact, Harry decided a great title for the chapter would be The Hermit Who Claimed Happiness. Upon seeing Harry approach with his entourage and recording equipment, Tanaka came out of his modest house in a quite unexpected manner. 
He was completely and unashamedly naked. At this point, Tanaka did appear to be a man, as he was endowed in a certain well-proportioned manner that made an excellent case for maleness. Greeting Harry warmly, Tanaka calmly and sweetly said, Please send your friends and cameras over here so they can get a better look at me. Horrified at Tanaka's completely exposed and naked condition, Harry told his secretaries to wait in the car with the recording equipment as he mumbled, Mr. Esteemed Tanaka, is this a good time? I notice you are without clothes and I have brought my assistants and some recording equipment. Please tell me what you would like to do. Today I like being in a natural state, replied Tanaka. If your assistants aren't comfortable with that, please send them away with the recording equipment. Reluctantly, Harry agreed with Tanaka's request to send his people away. Harry thought he might be dealing with a delusional schizophrenic, someone who was completely out of touch with reality. To be on the safe side, Harry told his assistants to wait nearby for his call, just in case he needed to leave earlier than planned. I know what you're thinking, Tanaka interrupted Harry's thoughts. You think I must be a nutcase or something. Actually, I like to eat nuts, but I'm not a nutcase. If you look a little closer, you'll see that I am not really naked. I simply hypnotized you into believing I was naked, so your assistants would leave and take their cameras with them. I don't like cameras. There are human ways of trying to capture reality, which can't be done because reality is only in the moment. Your assistants would have also gotten in the way of your learning because their reactions would have colored your own experience. Now the obstacles have been removed, and you can learn with pure awareness. What the hell are you trying to pull? asked an enraged and amazed Harry, as he realized that he had indeed been tricked. Tanaka was actually fully clothed. He was wearing sandals and some type of homemade robe. Tanaka also had a mischievous grin on his face that made Harry even more irritated. When Tanaka didn't answer, he just kept looking at Harry with that same silly grin. Harry tried again to get a response from Tanaka, this time using his most neutral professional tone. Mr. Tanaka, you are indeed a very complicated man. I see that you're playing little tricks on me, but I really have no time for games. The clock is ticking. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Asked Tanaka as he burst into uncontrollable laughter <laughs> and began doing a strange little chicken dance, flapping his arms, making chicken sounds, and hopping and skipping with childish delight. It was an odd spectacle, thought Harry, but also strangely infectious, even somewhat endearing. But right now, Harry wasn't in the mood for fun and games. This was serious. He was being challenged. I will tell you who I am, thundered Harry in his deep, patrician voice. I am the esteemed Harry Johnson, premier psychiatrist, world-renowned for my work in the specialty area of paranoid schizophrenia. I have published and lectured extensively on the delusional schizophrenic, and I have thoroughly examined the abnormality of human nature. I have written several well-received textbooks in my field, and I have many honors. Stop it, moron, said Tanaka. What did you say? replied an astonished Harry. No one had ever spoken to him like that before. Nobody dared. Idiot, said Tanaka with a straight face. What the? began Harry, desperately trying to contain himself. I didn't mean it that way, said Tanaka, as his face broke out into one of the most beautiful, angelic smiles Harry had ever seen. Harry's anger evaporated just as quickly as it began, replaced by burning curiosity. This man Tanaka was definitely a most unusual sort of individual. He was certainly worth studying. Tanaka continued in a soothing, conciliatory tone. Harry, I see that you just reacted to the words I used, moron and idiot, in a very severe and angry way. 
Part of you, your false nature, identified with those words and reacted with defensiveness and hostility. Harry realized what Sanaka was doing, using a psychological ploy to bait Harry into anger, then temporarily pacifying him so Tanaka could keep the upper hand. It was a power and control game that Harry had played many times and always won. Harry liked the mental challenge. He was going to enjoy the verbal chess game they were about to play. My dear Tanaka, said Harry, you are a wiser man than I thought. You want to play with me to see how I will react. Very clever. My dear Harry, replied Tanaka with a shrewd wink, you have it all wrong. You think I'm playing with you, but it's really you who are playing with yourself. Harry quickly recoiled at Tanaka's use of words. He felt a sharp pain in his stomach. This Tanaka was tougher than he thought, Harry realized. Tanaka's words could soothe, but they could also burn. Harry continued Tanaka, shedding more light on the subject. The problem is that you are not taking your true self seriously, the strong and secure part of your mind that is immune from the world's negative energy. Instead, you are reacting with your lower self, the weak, self-attacking part of you that vibrates and resonates to the bitterness, sarcasm, and insults of the world. Mr. Tanaka, said Harry in an irritated tone, let's cut the psychobabble crap and get to the point. You know the keys of happiness? Tell me, what are the secrets? Tanaka erupted with a deep belly laugh <laughs> and said, you came all the way here just to ask me that? Who told you I knew the keys to happiness? I don't even know if I have the key to the restroom most of the time. Harry could see that Tanaka was in love with his own jokes, so he decided to joke back. You smell bad, Tanaka. Maybe you don't have a bathroom around here. Even before the words were fully spoken, as they halfway lingered in the air, Tanaka performed a lightning-quick version of Okuri Ashiharai, a front foot sweep, taking out Harry's legs from under him and sending Harry crashing to the ground. Yet Harry didn't fall completely. Tanaka gently caught him by the shoulders and held him up lovingly, caressingly, just like a small baby. Harry even felt a little loved as he was cradled in Tanaka's arms. See how dependent you are on your fellow human beings, asked Tanaka gently, with a caring lilt to his voice. You need to find people who can sweep you off your feet, but who won't let you down. As Tanaka spoke, he tenderly carried Harry and carefully placed him in a chair under the shade of a tall pine tree. Scared and impressed, Harry simply said the first words that came to mind. Thank you. Satisfied now that Harry had the right attitude to learn, Tanaka began the first lesson. So, love university students, this is the first part of the Three Seekers of Happiness, the story of Harry and Tanaka. And already we're learning some very valuable lessons. First of all, we learn that things are not always what they seem. In the beginning, Harry saw Tanaka as being naked, but he really wasn't. He had simply hypnotized him into believing that. And Harry, the psychiatrist, also believed that Tanaka was arrogant in it, the so-called SOB, but actually he was loving and he wanted to help Harry. So we learn to look beneath the surface to the true nature of things in the story, to put aside prejudgments. In psychology, there's something called first impressions are often the last impressions. You might meet someone that seems very nice, but you immediately think they're great, and you learn things about them that is not so great. Maybe they're gossipers, backstabbers, or critical people. Or on the other hand, you might meet someone who seems apparently standoffish or cold, when you first meet them, but later on you realize they were having a bad day, and they're really a very gentle, loving kind of person. The second thing we need to think about in making judgments is that sometimes we judge something on what we call good or bad. So we might lose a job or a relationship, and we feel maybe depressed, 
and we feel this is a terrible thing. But later we realize that that actually opened the door for a better job or a better relationship. Or on the other hand, you might have been promoted, for example, in a job, but then you realize this job is terrible for you and you're stuck in it. So what seemed bad is good, what seemed good may be bad. So we need to be open to looking to the deeper nature of things. The other thing we learned about this initial part of the story is that people often attach themselves to words that injure them. In the story, Tanaka called Harry words like moron and idiot, and Harry reacted with great anger. But Tanaka pointed out that he was reacting from his false or lower self, the part of the mind that reacts to sarcasm, negativity, and insults. But we also learned that there's another part of our mind that's our true self, our authentic nature, that is above insults and negativity. It's immune to it. If you're connected to this higher mental nature, it's like you are air, and the negative people or comments of the world are a stick. As air, you can't be injured by sticks because they are entirely different elements that have nothing in common. And finally, we'll learn from the first part of the story that we are interdependent. On the one hand, we are attracted to exciting and interesting people that can sweep us off our feet, but we also need people who we can hold onto at times that can take care of us. So we are interdependent. We can be independent at times. Other times we need to be dependent on people that can help us move beyond our stuck places in life. Love you, Russia students. There's a lot more to learn here, and we're going to find out what Harry learns in the next few shows, The Secrets of Happiness. And he learns them in very unusual ways, unexpected ways, that will transform his life and will hopefully transform yours as well. So love you, Russia students. If you want to comment on today's show, if you have a show idea, or if you want to be on a future show, you can reach us at 310-226-8090. Visit us at loveuniversally.love. Write to us at loveuniversallylove at gmail.com. You can download the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love University Podcast. And you can follow us on X at love.upodcast. And finally, if you want to pick up a copy of the book, The Three Secrets of Happiness, it's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com, and other online bookstores. So until next time, love you, university students. Please put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. Go out this week and look for the three secrets of happiness and be those secrets. Until next time, the Dr. Avila class is now dismissed. <laughs>